Yes, I do. So what about that? Ah. I don't want to miss out on that other book of your insights, A Tale of Two Cities. No, but we'll have them and I'll keep sending you podcasts. Is that okay? But I'm not going to, I don't know whether I'll be able to do it like I've done this and the other one in such detail, right? Yeah, but uh, uh, definitely we'll do it. Hmm? I well, we have to consider all the people in the class, no? Yeah, you might have read it. I know for a fact from all my years of teaching, yeah, that I'm going to finish Emma today, uh, this week, right? Yeah, tomorrow we'll finish the uh, issues, right? I think that should be done, yeah? Okay, because... Well, that then, mm-hmm. if, if, what if they don't go much into detail of what you know, of it is, and then it won't be that good? Oh, well, the, see, whether the exams are going to happen on the 9th or not, I don't know. Because we know that's been officially announced, but uh, there are other issues, right? Yeah, because uh, they have to inform people about it, right? They have to give uh, the orders. All those kind of things are there, which have not been done, right? And uh, I'm not sure whether it's happening on the 9th or 6th or not happening, yeah, because uh, there are a lot of complications, right, I wish they do, right, but there are a lot of complications, right, yeah, yeah, and don't get too anxious, right, yeah, and you can always call up and we can discuss things, right, so that's, that's death, right, yeah, uh, actually, maybe it's a fault of mine, yeah, I should have just run through the whole thing, yeah, but, uh, no, but we also have to consider that people are not introduced to fiction, right? One. The second thing is, uh, even if they are introduced to fiction, right, we have to discuss issues because people are new, right? Yeah. So, uh, how much of fiction has uh, everybody read? Uh, have you had many novels before this in first year and second year? Because I have not been teaching fiction. I don't know. Yeah, have you, have you had that? We, we had it in prose, I guess, quote. Prose? Okay. Uh, what did you have? We had Fred, uh, no, that's not fiction although. Hmm. We had Fred Frederick Douglas and the other was fiction, My Family and Other Animals by Gerard Zarin. Yeah, right. But but that's not, uh, that's, uh, this is fiction, no? It's not fiction. Yeah, it's prose. Two kilo walking words. Yeah. That was in fiction? That was in fiction? Yes. Yeah. So, to kill a mockingbird. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But then the question is, to kill a mockingbird is an American story. Right? Yeah. And uh, that's interesting in itself. Right? Uh, and what we are, we, we are trying to establish here is we have to deal with it at different levels. Right? Yeah. We have to deal with it as fiction. One. The second is we have to look at character analysis. Two, right? Yeah. We have to actually look at the narrative mode. Three, yeah. So we have to deal with that. We have to introduce the idea of myth criticism, right? Okay. Uh, so all these ideas are hanging around the place, right? Uh, so that's something that we we have to do, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to take uh, Charles Dickens. Uh, 
chapter wise first of all the idea of doing chapter wise is a bad idea i wouldn't have done it at all right but then uh seeing what happened in swift right uh that nobody has read the text and nobody is capable of reading the text then that's why I've, i've slowed down right yeah so the question is maybe i've not got the right pitch because i've not taught fiction for a long time yeah uh so that's the truth of the matter and i don't think you're badly off right because if they have mcqs i don't know what's going to happen right yeah so you'll have it's almost like a wikipedia kind of exam right so that's that's very sad but that's the truth yeah okay yeah so would you like to uh, talk about any issues right yeah uh, the the most important issue is and what's uh, for me the rereading of the text is very important because i'm looking at it from a different point of view after reading all kinds of other fiction right yeah and i'm going back to this and saying what are the merits of this right uh, like you have this thing at the end of this which i might uh, like all of you to read rereading reading and rereading emma yeah by david lodge right the the question is when you reread the text we are talking about reading fiction right how do you read fiction right so you read uh gonda grass's tin drum right where you have all these abstract images we have all these surrealism all those kind of things right and then we go back to a text right so these are all the developments in the novel right and what is interesting uh of course i'm not a literature student but uh we ha- i had uh, uh, access to all these texts in school right yeah and in fact uh i wish my mother were alive because she should uh, actually teach a student who was a college student right and i read the text and i was listening to whatever she said right yeah but uh after all my readings today i i look differently at the text yeah and uh, even when when i was an mba student i looked down on jane austen i said oh god she's such a bad writer right yeah but i don't think that today right so and maybe i'll go and read mansfield park again and i'll read some of other works right so uh, what is interesting and what is important about today what is important for me about the novel right from the idea of narratology etc is the idea that when we are talking about the peripeties which take place right uh of course it might be comparable with mansfield park because suddenly at the end of the knowledge uh, the the novel a lot of things take place right yeah and you find that this is something that is done over here but i think oh, uh where that becomes a lot of complication at the end of the novel right yeah normally uh, if you remember your freytag pyramid from what you call drama right yeah uh, what happens over here is uh we talk about a climax and we go down so can somebody think of where is the climax in the novel is there a climax in the novel yeah how do you know that is the beginning of the end yeah when my book comes and confesses to emma yeah i think climax is when we get to know from frank's letter about frank and james engagement mm mm-hmm. then the events roll out from there yeah even about emma mightly and harriet and martin getting engaged yeah yeah uh, yeah so so how how do you how do you look at that right that's one yeah and how does a character build up that's a, a very very important thing right and 
Do you think that Emma is a strong character? Do you think that Emma is a strong character? And why do you think so? Yeah. So if you want, I can, we can just wind up by talking about all these issues, right? See what happens is uh, you have a slow build up, right? Which I think is brilliant in the novel, right? It's actually built up character very slowly, right? It's built up this uh, sense of place very, very carefully, right? Now the sense of place, I don't know if I have not uh, read many critics talking about that, right? Yeah. But the sense of place is something that's ingrained into the novel, right? And the idea of the sense of place comes in with a much, much later novelist called Graham Greene, right? Yeah. So he's talking about the sense of place. And after that, uh, a lot of literature and literary studies around the sense of place, right? So how do you look at if, uh, I don't know whether that will be possible, but if you're supposed to write a lect uh, an essay on the sense of place, in uh, Mansfield Park or there's something else that I, I did when I was a student that is I don't remember the author because I got it from the British Council right there is a person who has tracked Jude the Obscure's journey uh, from different parts of the place in Wessex right yeah so the question is can we actually do all these things right because you have another novelist like James Joyce who actually gives you how many steps it takes from going from year to year, right? Yeah. So is is that something that uh, is important? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, the Th Thomas Hardy one. Yeah. Uh, Jude the Obscure, right? So is that important to a novel, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have to draw a map of uh, the the uh, the places that uh, are mentioned in the novel, would you be able to do that, right? Yeah. And just look at the journeys people have taken, the physical journeys, right? Yeah. So that's something else that I think is important to think about because when we're talking about the novel, how do we think about the ideas of the place, right? Uh, so uh, how do you respond to that? Yeah, the ideas of the place, how do you respond to that, right? Yeah. And the question is, we're given different houses, right? Okay, of different kinds of furnishings, right? And uh, look at when the idea of, uh, what's the name? Uh, the Bateses, right? Yeah, it's actually as if the Bateses are treated as non-entities without any money, all that kind of thing, right? Yeah, when does Austin actually get the idea of the house, right? and the, the status of the house and the two maids that come to the house, right? Yeah, when does that happen in the novel? That's also important, right? Yeah, because when does that happen? When they're suddenly going to talk about uh, Jane Fairfax getting married to uh, uh, Frank Churchill, right? Yeah, so that's something that is very well done and very... Uh, of course, a little too late, but then the question begins, why did this novelist do this, right? Why did the novelist put this down, right? And if this novelist had put it down at that late point, then suddenly after that, you have the idea of Jane Fairfax uh, and the whole idea of marriage, right? Yeah. Before that, how do you look at Jane Fairfax, right? This poor woman, she's, yeah, so there's a lot of pity evoked for her and a lot of jealousy from Emma, right? Yeah. 
and Emma's jealousy and actually the novel actually mentions that in so many words that her attitude to Jane Fairfax had been changing, right? Now, with the revelation of the engagement, right, suddenly there's a spin over there, right? Yeah, so Emma begins to wonder and then she wonders, is Jane really the culprit, right? Yeah, and she, uh, so all those kind of things are something that is uh, very, very interesting, yeah? When we look at how character is being portrayed, how properties have been portrayed, portrayed right? Uh, property as land, property as house, property as position in society, right? And the question is, what are the kind of dynamics that go on, right? This is what you call absolute narrative theory and how we operate as narrative, right? Yeah. We have discourses which are important from a culture studies angle, right? That's, we're talking about medicine, yeah? We're talking about uh, the haircut, right? We're talking about the cabbages, right? Uh, yeah, and we're talking about London and this place that they're in, right? So I think uh, these are extremely important as far as the place, the location, and the idea of the narrative goes, right? Yeah, and what happens towards the end of the narrative, right? After chapter 10, right, we see that there's a lot of what you call reflection. Yeah, and the reflection about uh, uh, the reflection of Emma on herself and all her judgments, right? And of course, today when I was reading this uh, bit, right, uh, it actually is showing us, right, and this is meta novelistic, if you like or metafictional as it is, right? Because we are reading a fiction about somebody else who's looking at somebody else. Yeah, do you get that, right? It's like going to a barber shop and having one mirror and another mirror and another mirror and another mirror, right? Yeah, there are only two mirrors, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for all the women who don't go to barber shops, but the old kind of a barber shop I'm talking about. When I was a child, I don't know if they're anymore around, yeah? Uh, because things have changed and I have not cut my hair for a long time, right? But the old kind of barber shop have, has a mirror at the back, okay? So, when you look in the mirror, you see all these kind of things, right? Yeah? Now, when we're talking about the idea of the characters, right? We have this idea of Knightley being this kind of absolute uh, epitome of all that is educated, cultured, uh, respectable, right, uh, and all those kind of things, right. So that's the the kind of thing that's built up. He's also shown as a person who Jane trusts right from the beginning, right. Yeah, all that kind of thing. We are talking about slow character build up, right. Yeah, and he's not actually painted as a knight in shining armor at all, right. Yeah, well, he's, he's almost like this. Uh, if some of you have read Baroness. Uh, Baron, or whatever her name is, right? The, who writes uh, the the Scarlet Pimpernel, right? Yeah, you'll uh, look at the Scarlet Pimpernel as this kind of a lazy man, and nobody knows who this person is, right? I think it's it would have been much more interesting if we had Scarlet Pimpernel than this text, right? Largely because Baron is saucy, right? Yeah, I think that's the uh, the name, right? Yeah, because this is the person who's actually responsible, since we're talking about the French Revolution, right, yeah, for taking 
all the French aristocrats, okay, going and living a high society life in Paris, right, and transporting them across the English Channel into England. And please read it because we are talking about uh, a different account of uh, of the uh, the French Revolution, right? Yeah, and how this man uses disguise. That's in the novel, right? How this man uses disguise, right? And uh, he sends a letter with a scarlet pimpernel, which is on his ring. Yeah, so that's uh, something that comes up only at the end of the novel, right? Yeah, that you come to know who he is, right? And he's mixing with all these people who are high society people, right? Yeah, and who are also uh, people who deal with the execution of people, etc. Right? So he's not okay, and yeah. So he goes around the place, and he goes around in different disguises, right? And nobody would be able to think that this is a man, right? Yeah. So what happens with Knightley is there's a lot of uh, the idea of the superficial in the novel as a novel of society is one way of looking at it, right? But the idea is what happens to the interiority of the characters, right? And you get a number of scenes which are showing Emma and uh, uh, Harriet, right? Yeah. So the intimacy is built up, right? Uh, and you don't have too many characters in the novel, right? So that's something different from people like Tolstoy, right, who have got about 6,000 characters, I don't know how many that is, right? Yeah, War and Peace and all that are full of characters and it's very difficult to remember the, the characters and what they've done and etc. Right? Here, it's not so difficult, right? Because it's actually talking about a small town. You get the location of place, you get the movements of character and you get some depth into the character, right? Yeah? You begin with the supervises and then you also get growth in the character. Right? So, how does Harriet grow in the process of the novel? Right? Is she a flat character? Right? Or is she a round character? Right? Yeah? So, the novel is actually telling you that what happens to Harriet? Right? When it comes to uh, Frank uh, Churchill's uh, 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 engagement to Jane, right? Uh, Harry, uh, Emma feels that she's wronged Harriet. Right? And when you actually have the encounter, right? When you actually have the encounter between Jane and Harriet, right? Uh, uh, Emma is in for a shock, right? Yeah? Now, we are watching Emma as readers, right? And Emma is watching all the other characters in the novel, right? From her point of view, right? And you have George Knightley watching all the other characters and making comments, right? So we have two different kinds of views of the same uh, kind of uh, microcosm, right? That is this little portion of uh, uh, in which they go between one house and the other, right? Of course, it might be very superficial, right? Yeah, and uh, it looks as if it's very superficial, it's very uh, elitist, right? Yeah, and uh, all that comes out with the coming of this woman called Mrs. Elton, right? Yeah, so suddenly uh, Mrs. Elton is important. Why is Elton important? Because it actually shows the idea of the slave trade. It actually shows the idea 
of how people react when somebody comes from another place. Right? So that's something else that is important, right? And uh, yeah, so you, you get all these characters coming in, right? Some of them don't actually enter the novel, but they're absentee characters, like the sucklings, right? Like uh, Stillridge, uh, Smallridge, right? Stillridge, right? yep, right? All those kind of people, they don't really enter the novel as real characters and they're absentee characters, right? Yeah, and the other one or two names are uh, mentioned, right? Now you have, uh, yeah, uh, you have this man who is the John, right? Who's a person who is uh, asked to leave, okay? He's, uh, his son asked for leave and all that kind of thing, right? And uh, the son is the kind of a manager of the crowd, right? We don't know, we don't meet him, but we know that there is something that goes on between uh, uh, Frank Churchill and him, okay? Or he says that he knows this man and we can have the party in the crown and the party doesn't happen, right? Yeah? So how do we read that kind of stuff, right? So you have an expectation, you have a defeated expectation, right? Yeah? And uh, you have another party, then you have the picnic, right? So all these kinds of movements are maybe uh, something that look quite superficial when we look at uh, other novels where people have to go out and earn their bread and butter, right? They have to actually deal with a lot of uh, uh, real kind of politics that is being played. Of course, it's not that there is no politics over here, right? But what is happening over here is that the politics that is played is uh, very personal at one level, right? And all politics is personal, right? Uh, so we might we might like to get into all those areas and talk about the idea of the personal, right? What happens to Mrs. Weston, right? Now that's something that is important, right? So we see Mrs. Weston as a person who's not even talked about very much, except that she was Miss Taylor and now she's Miss Weston, Mrs. Weston, right? That she married to Mr. Weston. And we, we get these trips to Randalls and the party at Randalls and all those kind of things. And then we know about Frank Churchill, right? We never meet Mrs. Churchill. We never meet uh, the old Mr. Churchill. We only meet Frank Churchill. So these are other absentee characters which we are talking about, yeah? The, the funeral is kept away, right? Yeah? The funeral is talked about. It's a matter of discourse like the haircut, right? Yeah? And... Uh, uh, so that's a matter of discourse, right? Yeah. So why doesn't that actually happen, right? Why isn't the funeral described, right? Okay, all those kinds of things are there, but we also get a reflection on the funeral and how does society react to a person dying, right? Yeah. And even if you hate the person after they die, you say, well, uh, there are good things about the person and you think good about them and write about them, right? So that's something else that's important. And that's a big twist in the novel, right? Because constantly, and uh, it's an unprecedented kind of twist. It comes as a shock, right? Yeah, so that's all towards the end of the novel. And uh, one must uh, maybe inquire into what happens because this is an early novelist, right? Yeah, she's an early English novelist. And I think that's a historical account that we should take note of because when we're talking about When we're talking about a novelist, can you hear me? I don't know. 
Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Because my screen is, uh, the screensaver somehow the, has gone off. But I've, I've opened it again. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So we are talking about uh, an early novelist, right? And the question is, if you talk about a later novelist, or you talk about an Indian writer, or you talk about an African writer, yeah, we have a whole lot of novels to write back to, right? Yeah, and it's only when we come to Virginia Woolf, right, who actually says we don't have any models. Okay, the amount of models of women writers writing is very few, right? So I think that is a crux, uh, is a very important matter to be thought about because. Many people don't take Jane Austen uh, as a woman writer, right? Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's been forgotten that she's a woman and she's writing as a woman and people don't look at her from the point of view of a woman writer, right? Yeah, because uh, in, in fact, all that is being said is not, uh, maybe she gives you a slice of life, a slice of reality, right? But how does she treat Emma? How does she treat Harriet, right? Yeah, at one level she's looking at it from a woman's point of view, right? At another level it looks like uh, a kind of a detached male point of view because you're talking about women's affairs, okay, and not giving it enough uh, uh, kind of respect, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, so that is one of the things that we are talking about, right? So we're talking about how do you write as a woman? This is an early woman, woman writer, right? An early novelist first, right? Uh, that she's a woman is also important, right? Because this is an early woman novelist, right? And to be a writer, you have to read a lot, right? So that's almost the understanding of things that are going on, right? So was she well-read? Was she not well-read? How did she get all this kind of real insight into people, right? Does she really get in an insight into people, right? And that is interesting and important, right? The character build-up is important, right? And this kind of vision of we as a reader looking at George Knightley and judging his character, right? From what we know of the novel, because we don't know anything else, and it's a fictional character, so all dimensions are not shown, right? The, uh, the character depends on the plot, as we know, from Aristotle, right? Yeah, and uh, a lot of the Aristotelian elements are here, and the, a question of the neoclassic comes in when they're talking about decorous behavior, right? So we have to deal with the idea of this being what you call, what is technically called the Romantic Age, right? But the idea of neoclassicism is still around, right? Yeah, and the way Emma behaves uh, when she talks about jo uh, Frank Churchill to uh, Harriet, right? That's something else, right? When she actually hears about uh, Harriet's affection for George Knightley and not Frank Churchill, okay? There is this kind of composure which is uh, uh, something that is interesting, right? Because she says that I must not uh, actually hurt her and she's talking about justice, right? Yeah. So you have two people talking about justice. One is George Knightley, the other is Emma, right? So we are talking about justice, right? Justice to the emotions of other people, 
right? Which is something uh, is important to read. And as a novel, it's very important, right? Even if a person is wrong, uh, do we pay attention to the justice of feeling, right? Yeah, we can feel and think as we want, right? Yeah, and we might be also misjudged, right? Like for instance, some people might be totally in love with another person, right? Yeah, and not know it like Emma doesn't know that she is really in love with Frank and with uh, George Knightley, right? Yeah, so that it looks as if this, this is a superficial kind of relationship, right? It's a social relationship, but then what happens on the outside and on the inside, that is when uh, we have to think about whether this is a romantic novel or not, right? Because actually talking about intense emotions, though very concealed because of the neoclassical kind of understanding, right? So we're not talking about the novel just out of context, but we're also talking about the novel in the kind of Hegelian framework which we already have talked about, right? Yeah, which is that we have a movement from the neoclassical age to the romantic age, right? But what happens in this kind of a movement, right? That we actually see, uh, we actually see the movement or the uh, the workings of the emotions, right? Yeah, which is something that you might like to think about, right? Uh, with uh, the the French philosopher called Pascal, right? Uh, and the heart has its own reasons, right? So the question is, uh, emotions are given, in spite of all the social uh, superficiality of the novel, there is a tremendous amount of emotionality which is behind it, right? Uh, of course, some people might like to think about the English being not so expressive about their feelings, right? But when it comes to the production of poetry, the English are... Uh, prolific in the kind of production of poetry, right? So if you think that the English are not emotional, right? That's a kind of behavior trait they have, right? That's a kind of way they go about, which you see over here in Emma, right? Yeah, so the idea of neoclassical decorum is maintained, right? She might feel violently, but there's nothing of that violence which comes out, right? Yeah, uh, of course, we have this idea of this emotional violence or jealousy when we deal with a person called uh, when she, uh, we are in, introduced to Jane Fairfax in the beginning, right? And uh, the idea of the jealousy comes from the idea of economic placement and societal placement, right? Yeah. So Jane Fairfax, if you look at the whole scheme of the novel, because it's actually comparing people for uh, for the marriage market. Yeah, sorry to put it that way and sorry to put it so bluntly, but that's actually what the novel is doing, right? It's saying, is this person uh, for the marriage market and will the marriage, will the match work or will the match not work, right? Yeah, uh, of course, uh, there is no question of divorces, right? Uh, that is not even hinted at, right? Uh, so you might get that only later or you might get, uh, of course, you get fielding, etc., who are already uh, hinting at this idea of uh, in the earlier age you have all this kind of uh, um, what's what do you call it quite uh, the the wife swapping as we've seen in uh, and the husband swapping as we've seen in uh, way of the world right yeah 
everybody is running after somebody else and you know, don't know who's running after whom and actually who gets married and everything is like a game, right? That's the idea, right? But over here, we actually have, uh, we don't have that kind of understanding, right? But we have a lot of shocks, right? Yeah, and the shocks uh, seem to have happened at the end of the novel because I don't know whether they could have been done before, right? Yeah. So one is how do people, so if you look at it from uh, a sociological perspective, you find this thing very interesting when Mrs. Elton comes in, uh, a new person comes in, they get married and uh, they come in as a new bride and you find that similar things happen in society today, right? Yeah, we also find, uh, and the element of realism in the novel is very, very stark, right? Yeah, the idea is people don't like to show their emotions. Sensitive people don't like to show their emotions, right? Yeah. And that's something that's important, right? And we begin to wonder how Emma is so blind. She says, I'm blind, right? Yeah, I wonder how I was so blind, right? Yeah, I couldn't see what was happening, right? I, okay, so uh, that's something that, uh, and she is, and that's something that's really remarkable or rather strange, uh, whichever way, word you want to use, because She's one of the people who's observing other people, right? Yeah? And uh, if you observe people, you'll uh, uh, come to know that, look, these people are doing, uh, these people are going to uh, come together, right? Or these people are terribly in love with each other, right? Yeah, I'm sure all of us know that, right? And observe that, right? But the idea of this politeness or the politeness principle and the neoclassical decorum, right, is something that, uh, kinds of shields people away from this idea of uh, the idea of uh, exposing themselves right and uh, also it's a question of uh, will it work or will it not work right now that's something else that we're talking about okay that is when we're dealing with uh, matters of the heart or matters of the emotion right uh, people are rather tentative right and especially Harriet because uh, of all the hopes that she had built up for Mr. Martin, right? And they've been dashed to bits, right? Yeah, so does Harriet learn from that and not build up hopes for Frank, right? She, how does she build up hopes for Knightley, right? Yeah, and is she going very carefully and cautiously as far as Knightley is concerned, right? And notice that Knightley is added and that's mentioned uh, in 12 or 13, one of the chapters, right? Actually, Knightley's attitude to Harriet changes, right? What does she, he say at the beginning, right? Who is Harriet? What is her family background? What is her economic status, right? Yeah, what are cultural traits that, he, that she has, right? She's absolutely nobody, and we don't know anything about her, right? Uh, almost till the end of the novel, right? We don't know about her family, right? We don't know where she's come from, right? We might know a little more about Mrs. Elton because she's talking about her brothers. She's talking about Maple Grove. She's talking about all that kind of thing, right? But how much do we know about Harriet's family, right? Yeah, which is interesting. And that's a, a gap that we have to look at, right? Because when we read the text, uh, this is something that is not laid clear. And why is it not laid clear, right? Yeah. So. Are we taking on this thing that happened after a man called Emmy Zola comes up 
with the experimental novel, right? Now that's uh, important to think about, right? Yeah, the idea of the experimental novel and Emil Zola's experimental novel is you put a character in a in a locale which is absolutely strange to him or her, right? And watch the character behave, the writer uh, withdraws, right? So is that how we look at uh, Harriet, yeah? Because we have two people uh, to compare with, right? Mrs. Elton and Harriet, right? These are people outside, right? Okay, we have the Coles who are outside and who buy social acceptance, right? How does Harriet get that social acceptance, right? So these are questions that seem to be unanswered, right? And the novelist hasn't uh, perhaps deliberately done it, right? Or maybe she didn't think about it, or yeah, or it just happens that somebody is over here. And how do you accept people, right? So everything is not laid clearly, and everything is not uh, absolutely uh, straight, right? Otherwise, it would have been a prose work, right? Yeah, it's not that it's not in prose, but it would be uh, when you actually lay everything down straight and everything is written, right? There would be no space for asking questions or imagination or for study, right? Yeah. So at one level, it's actually showing us English culture, right? Uh, not big, uh, not the city culture, right? Only sparks of it with uh, the Knightleys in Brunswick Square and uh, from Br Brunswick Square, right? And uh, the, we've heard of the Campbells, we've heard of Jane Fairfax, and we again see how how the whole community reacts. The small community reacts to Jane Fairfax, right? Yeah. So you you get all those kind of things, right? She's she's what you call an insider outsider, right? Because she's actually from here, but she's brought up somewhere else. Then she comes back, right? And there's a difference of culture, right? So that's something that becomes an issue, right? Yeah, with uh, with this woman called Miss Elton, there is a looking down on her, right? The same is with Harriet, right? There's a looking down on her. Who is she? Is she not an aristocrat? All those kind of questions come up, right? So the idea of aristocracy and the businessman, right? And Mr. Martin and his family are placed over there against them. He's a gentleman farmer, right? Yeah, he's done his work, okay, and he's developed his kind of living, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, these are the contrasts which we see, and we have the money business coming up with the thirty thousand pounds, the ten thousand uh, pounds, all those kind of things, right? Yeah. And how does the plot uh, uh, develop, right? Yeah. So we have what you call the uh, the triangles or the love triangles, right? Yeah, so we have this love triangle between, uh, it's, uh, it's not quite a triangle, right? But we have an interference in what you call Emma's trying to shift and move things, right? Yeah, and one of the interesting things about the novel at the level of ideas is you might plan the world in one way, right? Which all of us do, right? Yeah, and all of us think that we, we'll organize our life in this manner, right? Uh, and of course, in real life, a lot of things that we hope for, right? We organize, we plan for, another thing happens, right? And that's 
I think uh, maybe now uh, you're very uh, focused and you think that whatever I do will happen, right? Yeah. But we are talking about forces which are larger than us, one, okay, or what we hope for might change or seem different when we come closer to it, right? Yeah. So you have many people who are very much in love for a long, long time, right? Sometimes 10 years in real life, of course, right? And when it actually comes to getting married, they said, sorry, uh, I don't think I want to do that, right? Yeah. And of course, we're talking about a different culture, right? We're talking about a culture where uh, men and women are allowed to interact with each other, right? And come to know uh, the likes and the dislikes or how do we put up with the rough ends of other people, right? Yeah. Of course, this is too polite to show any kind of roughness, right? Yeah. And the, the, the most rough probably is uh, Frank, right? Yeah. Uh, though rough in the terms of the novel would be Mr. Martin because of his, uh, Robert Martin because of his background, right? Yeah. Uh, as a gentleman farmer instead of an aristocrat, right? There's hardly much difference, we might think, yeah? But the idea is that the aristocrats have acquired this status over a long period of time and the gentleman farmer has uh, worked to get who he is, right? So you still get that distinction, which of course, much later is elaborated by people like, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Oscar Wilde, right? Yeah, the idea of uh, the culture, right? And how, uh, who, who's who, and how do you get up in society, right? Now that's a long, long tradition that is there, right? So when we're talking about people like, uh, uh, when we're talking, looking back at the novel, how do we look back at it, right? Uh, yeah. So that's something else. Uh, I think we need to talk about. Yeah, and. We have a love triangle between Frank, uh, what's his name, George Knightley, Frank and uh, Emma, right, okay, and there are a lot of intersecting love triangles, right, and for some time it was thought that Knightley is in love with Jane Fairfax, right, yeah, and that it becomes a big uh, kind of set of discourses and Knightley uh, dispels all the kind of fears that people have about him getting married to Jane Fairfax, right? Yeah, and the idea of him being a gentleman, right? And the line, how do you make out somebody is in love with you and how do you not get deceived, right? Yeah, how does Harriet know that George Knightley is in love with her and she's in love with him, right? Yeah, so that's something that cannot be defined, right? And that's shown only in behavior, right? So we have to look at the small things like when uh, Nightly is going to uh, Brunswick Square, right? And he comes to see Emma off. He doesn't kiss her hand, right? Yeah. And th there is a question of a wonder about it, right? Why doesn't this happen, right? And there's a question of discoursing on kissing the hand when it's a custom and all those kind of things. Why does he keep away? Now, after, in hindsight, we might say, well, uh, he probably didn't want to let Emma know that he's getting married too. Uh, or he's interested in Harriet, right? Okay, and we don't know his side of the story till then, right? Yeah, we don't know his, his side of the story because what we hear is from Harriet first, right? Yeah, we don't know the uh, 
George Knightley, uh, sorry, Frank Churchill's side of the story. Do we? No. Right? We get it from two and three and four parties. Right? We don't have a first-hand account of, uh, of him saying what he said. Right? Yeah, and we understand the idea of the chaos and the confusion that Jane is suffering. Right? Okay? It's not a happy moment. Right? For Jane because the quiet engagement. Right? So, is a quiet engagement a problem or is it not? Right? Yeah. Well, in today's world in India, I have students and friends also who have quietly been married. Right? Officially quietly been married. Right? Without the knowledge of their parents. Right? And that's something that is uh, maybe interesting and something that uh, maybe they have to do, right? So what is the reality of it all, right? Was this necessary, right? Yeah, uh, or, yeah, is an elopement necessary, right? Yeah, so we have that elopement in Mansfield Park, right? Uh, that's Austin's other novel, but is it important to have an elopement, right? Yeah. Can't somebody go and speak up straight to their parents and say that, right? Yeah. So what are the, what are all these different kinds of uh, factors that go into showing who one is, right? Or your love for a person or whatever that is, right? When we talk about the relationship between a man and a woman, why do people have all these issues, right? Is society a problem, right? Yeah. Uh, so these are questions that the novel throws out. Right? Uh, do, what, do, what do all of us think? Do you think that we have over here a person who is actually uh, frightened about society? Right? Why does Frank keep it quiet? Right? Why does Jane keep it quiet? Right? And why do they have all these bonds? Right? Like, for instance, Jane is uh, uh, bothered about uh, Colonel Campbell. Right? Yeah? Okay, so you, you might be wondering what else is going on, right? Does, do the Campbells have different plans for Jane, right? And we have a whole gap over there, right? Why does Jane come to this place, right? Why does she leave the Campbells? So that's a big gap that's discoursed about and talked about, right? Yeah, and uh, the idea is the idea of gossip, right? Which is going on, right? So there's a lot of gossip in the novel, right? And of course, how do you look at Mrs. Weston's behavior, right? After she comes to know about Frank, she goes and meets the Bateses, right? And then the whole equation changes, right? And you also get a change in this woman called Miss Bates, right? Who's not her usual chatty self anymore. And she's now a little more restrained, right? Why does that happen, right? So that's something that is important because we're talking about how people's behavior changes, how people grow, right? Now, is she trying to protect Jane? Is she trying to say, well, uh, Jane can do whatever she wants. She's got her freedom to do what she wants, right? So is that a combination of both, right? So these are things that I think are important to look at when the development of the characters in the novel and the plot in the novel, right? And the plot, of course, is interesting because you have any amount of peripatias or any amount of shocks and changes, right? Yeah. So suddenly you get this thing of the funeral, right? And with the funeral, uh, there is 
accompanied with a funeral is this idea of uh, the marriage, right? Yeah, and uh, the breaking of the news about the marriage, the anxiety that it creates for Emma, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, the breaking of the news uh, about the engagement, right? The anxiety that it creates for Emma, and you also have the uh, the kind of guilt and the, the feelings of guilt that you find, which are very strong in Emma, right? Yeah. So the idea of guilt is something that is very strong, and interestingly. You don't have any of that guilt in Harriet, right? Harriet doesn't feel any guilt at all, right? And she's also grown out of that. And she says, well, we said that this is a superior person, right? And we also have this line where she says, who asked me to uh, model myself on Mr. Knightley, right? And that's none other but uh, Emma herself, right? Yeah. So Emma asked Harriet to model herself on Nightly, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, something else that we might like to think of, right? So what happens to that understanding, right? And how does Harriet become confident, right? Yeah. So there's a kind of confidence, right? Which was not seen in the beginning, right? Which was not seen with Charles, uh, with uh, Frank Churchill, right? Which has suddenly become a confidence in Knightley, right? And a confidence and acceptance of herself as she is, right? Without this idea of superior and inferior, how does she get, gain that kind of confidence, right? And of course, the novel tells us that she's probably met uh, Frank, uh, sorry, uh, George Knightley quite often, right? And uh, the relationship has grown. And because of that, she has changed, right? But she uh, lays it at the idea of the dance, right? And the dance becomes the point where after that, her attitude to nightly changes, right? Yeah. So uh, we're talking about how, how do people change, right? And the novel is actually telling us, look, people change, right? What makes them change? What is the attitude of change, right? That's important, right? So when we're, so what do we learn about that? Character changes, people change. This is something that we learn also in psychology. The idea of the personality is dynamic, right? We are not static people and neither are the characters in the novel, right? So the idea of the flat character and round character, which E.M. Foster talks about in uh, aspects of the novel, right? Is something that you actually see over here, right? Because, they, okay, and then you have the external kind of show, and the internal kind of movies, right? So that's almost possible. The idea of uh, you don't know that these people are in love, but they, and what's interesting is Emma doesn't know that she's in love with both these men, right? Yeah, okay. And how she, her problem is, how could I not be aware of myself, right? Yeah, and how could I not be aware that somebody's in love with me, right? Okay, and that happens to many people in real life also. Right? Some people cannot make out that somebody is in love with them. Right? Yeah? And uh, when somebody actually says that, well, I didn't even know that you were in love with me. Right? Yeah? And that's a kind of shocking moment. Right? Yeah? So that's something else that's going on. Right? And then we have the idea of the chance meeting and the idea of the staid kind of people marrying into their own community. Right? So these are two things that are happening. And the idea of the romantic is 
with the, with the chance meeting, right, which is a medieval kind of idea, is something that we have over here, right? Uh, this woman, Harriet, Harriet Smith comes from an unknown place, unknown background, unknown parentage, unknown everything, right? Yeah, and somehow uh, she's actually here and she's actually uh, uh, a part of this community. She becomes a part of the community largely because of Emma, right? Yeah, and Emma is actually almost acting through her, right? Somebody called Lakshman the alter ego of Ram, right, in the Ramayana, right? And he acts, okay, it's actually as if they're two characters that are split up, right? So that's one of the analysis, right? But uh, you, you find that Emma acts for, uh, for Harriet, right? And uh, I don't know whether you find it irritating, but I did, right? Uh, it's actually irritating to think that one person can actually manipulate the life of another, right? And get people here and get people there, right? And if you get a time, please read Boiled Beans and Toast because uh, over there you have this woman who actually is uh, a character, right? She's an English teacher, right? Who actually tries to manipulate people's lives, right? Because she's terribly lonely and yeah. So do you get that feeling that Emma is a lonely person, right? Yeah. Do you get a feeling that Emma is fixed to an idea of not getting married, right? Yeah. And she she actually talks about that idea that uh, if Nightly had asked me, I would say no, no, I'm not interested in marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah, and if Frank had to ask her, she would have said she's not interested in marriage, right? Now, what is that kind of restraint? Why is that kind of restraint, right? Yeah, the commitment to a father, right? Uh, is that something that overrides, right? Or, and what is interesting is the complexity of it all, right? At one level, you have the idea that I'm going to stay not married, okay? I'm going to look after my father, right? And the idea that the father's old, uh, all those kind of issues come up, right? And the idea that uh, these things are happening and does this love for the father or commitment to the father, whatever you call it, right? Or fealty or whatever kind of emotion you have to the father, right? Doesn't mean that you have to squash your life up, right? Yeah? So that's something else that it becomes a question, right? Does she actually ruin herself? Does she ruin her chances, right? Couldn't she not make advances or... Uh, make it known to these people that she was actually in love with it, right? Yeah, and of course, the novel actually tells us and takes us out on this picnic where Frank and Emma seem to be flirting with each other, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, fine. Sorry, I'll stop and we'll finish it tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm sorry I went on so long, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, you can, you can wind up, right? Yeah.